Hello everyone, welcome back to Point of View. For today's episode, I'm excited to sit down with company dancer Asha Gangoli. Since joining the Alabama Ballet in 2014, Asha has performed soloist roles in Roger Van Flutteren's Dracula and Cinderella, Frederick Ashton's Le Pat, as well as George Balanchine's The Nutcracker and The Sleeping Beauty and more. Asha is on faculty at the Alabama Ballet School and teaches classical Pilates in the Birmingham area. Join me as we chat with Asha and get to know her and her point of view. Hello, Asha. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So let's start by letting everyone get to know you and um, where you're from, your background training, and how you came to be at the Alabama Ballet. Okay. So I grew up in Evanston, which is just outside of Chicago. And I grew up with a family in the arts. Both of my parents are professional musicians, classical musicians. Um, And I just started dancing at a really young age, and they because they were in the uh, arts world, they knew to, to put me into ballet and were very supportive of it. And um, right away, I loved it. And I really never stopped dancing since then. So I am one of those dancers that have been dancing since I was three years old. Um, I trained locally in Evanston um, for my younger years. And then I trained at the Joffrey Ballet School. I went through their trainee program and um, danced with the company a little bit while I was going through that and also had trained some at uh, Boston Ballet School and Houston Ballet School um, before I wound up here. So since the arts have always been a part of your life since a young age, did you always know that you wanted to become a professional dancer or was there ever any other options for you? Um... You know, like there were some really funny, my, my mom was just cleaning, because of quarantine, she was cleaning out the basement, and she found all these like journals and art projects from like first and second grade, where you say, oh, well, when I grow up, I want to be, you know, and some of them were kind of ridiculous, like it was like princess, <laughs> of course, you know, <laughs> princess, dolphin trainer, ballerina, but ballerina was always in there, and I always wanted to dance, and that was always what I wanted to do. And, As soon as I realized, as soon as I was old enough to put together, oh, I could do this for a living and that would be what I did, then yeah, that was it. Sign me up. Yeah. Done. Pretty much. So what does a typical day look like for you as a professional dancer? Um, So I generally have very long days, but they're very rewarding, but they are long during the week. Um, just because of some of the things I do outside of the ballet. Um, so I also teach Pilates, and I'm, as you mentioned, I'm also on faculty at the ballet school. Um, so what that means is in the mornings, I usually get up really early, and I walk my dog and kind of get a move on, make coffee, and then I'm at the Pilates studio in the morning before company class. And I usually have you know, two or three hours of teaching there. Um, And I'm lucky because the studio is a block from the ballet, so it's very convenient for me. And then I um, kind of run on down to the ballet studio. We have class from 10 to 12. We rehearse from 12 to 5, and that really varies depending on what role I'm doing and what we're rehearsing. Um, And then at 5 o'clock the company wraps it up but I stay on and then I teach at the ballet school so and sometimes that goes till eight so it's a that is a long long day day. yeah it's a long day so how do you fuel your long days do you have like a set like 
aside from coffee, do you, coffee. Have, like a set, do you have like a set breakfast <laughs> or snacks coffee. or anything that you keep on you to keep um, you going? You know, I have found that I normally, I'll always keep some snacks like almonds and some nuts and stuff like that in my locker or in my ballet bag. Um, and if I have a break and I go home at lunch to let the dog out or something like that, I'll, you know, grab a salad. But in general, because I leave the house so early in the morning, I normally am not a big breakfast person. I'm kind of just lucky if I make it out the door, then not in my pajamas. Um, so I normally don't eat a whole lot during the day. And then uh, when I get home at night, I usually have a pretty big meal in the evening. So that's kind of just the way it's it's worked out. Every time I try and plan better for meals during the day, it never it never works <laughs> it's out. It's hard to keep up with it's that. It's hard to keep up. And well, especially I, because you're, you never know when your lunch break's going to be or when you're going to have a break. Yeah, so you can't and, it's, and I'm just one of those people, like, I don't want to eat a big meal and then dance around. And so I'd rather just kind of nibble and mm -hmm. sus sustain myself that way and then be able to sit down and have like something warm in the evening warm cooked meal so makes sense yeah if someone were to look in your dance bag what would they find typically aside from the given pair of point shoes lots or... of random bobby pins and things my dance bag is another thing I'm really have a lot of good intentions of keeping really <laughs> clean and organized and um quickly turns into just a big overflow bag Always a lot of pairs of point shoes, um, a lot of warm-ups. Um, I'm trying to think what else is unique to my dance bag. Um, you know, anything I need for teaching. Sometimes I have my computer with me um, or like a teaching journal or something like that for the ballet students, the syllabus stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'd say my dance bag is pretty typical. Um, so, yeah, they. The, I'm known in the company as one of the dancers that kind of comes in on two wheels. I mean, <laughs> flying it on, flying it on two wheels, and I'm a little like all over the place, which is interesting because I'm not normally. My personality is not really like that. I'm I'm pretty organized and pretty. Gen tend to be like pretty everything has its place, but. I don't know. I dance always bags dance different. bags are different. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all admit to losing bobby pins though. Yes. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, aside from like you know classical music that you may use in class or anything fun that you may use in Pilates, is there anything that's on your playlist right now that you've mm. been kind of hooked on or um, been listening to a lot? Yes, I. I'm trying to think of, like, current people. I really like, like, if I'm at home alone, I really like kind of older music. Um, I really like Frank Sinatra in the evening and stuff like that. I really like, right now, I really like the Revivalists, and mm -hmm. I saw them. I'm a really big concert person. I love live music. I love going to concerts. So even if I don't really know the band... Let's hope that concerts become. Like I know, right and I miss them so Me so too. much. I really miss live music. So I'm a really big concert goer. Um, so I, and I saw them when the Revivalists were here last Labor Day. It's like almost a year ago, and um, they were phenomenal. So I listened to a lot of them. Um, if I'm like exercising, I like to listen to all the top hits. Um, but it's a pretty eclectic playlist right. for sure, usually. Did your upbringing with uh, being raised by musicians influence 
I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, Like, when I was little, some of the music that I listened to was pretty, like, was, is pretty funny. Um, we obviously, I listen to a lot of classical music, and that is definitely always something that I, like when people ask me, oh, why do you dance? It's always, oh, the music. I just love the music. I love listening to the music, and music makes me want to dance. So it always has been, like, very, um, that's always been, like, kind of the motivating factor mm-hmm. for me. Even though I don't love playing music that much, I love I really enjoy it and I enjoy listening to it um but yeah we always used to laugh like um like I had a Jerry Garcia baby CD like that so I was like a little deadhead baby and um I knew like all the words to a Dionne Warwick album like so yeah I think we grew up with really um interesting you know not normal like they were never playing like normal kids music for us so yeah, I think a little bit. I think it definitely changed, influenced me a little bit. Has there been, um, not just at the Alabama Ballet, but has there been any favorite roles that you've performed in your career? Um, well, doing Lilac Fairy when we did Sleeping Beauty last year was, for me, I kind of was resonated a lot with me. I would say that was probably the biggest role that I've done um, so far in like a full length ballet and it was really hard, but it was also really rewarding. And I just felt like the role really spoke to me. Um, so I really enjoyed all of that. And so I would have to say that that was probably because of that, that was probably one of my more, most favorite roles. Um, but I remember like just like, I think some roles in Nutcracker even just have a lot of, um, they mean a lot to me. They have a lot of weight to me. Um, just because that's, like, some of the per- first professional experience that I ever had on stage. And I can remember just even when I was a trainee at Joffrey getting to do Nutcracker with the company. I'd, I'd done it as a kid, and I'd watched... You know, I grew up going to see Joffrey, and I was lucky to be in a city where we had a professional ballet company of that caliber and was going all the time. My parents used to play in the orchestra, so I'd go backstage. And so by the time I was 15, 16, and they were using me actually in the company, some of those dancers that I had grown up watching were still in the company, and all of a sudden they were teaching me these parts. And... So even though it was just like snow and flowers and some of these filler parts, it really, it just really meant a lot to me. So I really, um, in that way, like kind of that was one of the best experiences. You really appreciate those roles. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, And you feel like, okay, I'm coming full circle a little bit with this. And um, it was pretty surreal to like grow up watching, you know, if, if you're a dancer that grows up watching one version of Nutcracker and going to it every year and seeing these dancers and then all of a sudden to be at a place where you're obviously not an equal to them but sharing the stage in in a way I never thought that I would that was really really special so yeah that was that those two I would say probably those have been at different ends of my career so far but those two definitely been been big roles for me big dream roles. Is there one that you would say has been your most challenging role? Yes. I would have to say the the one that made me the most nervous was when I was still at Joffrey and we were doing Labiadere. 
And if you're familiar with the ballet, so it's not even a, it's, I was in the core, but this core to ballet part is so nerve wracking. If you're familiar with the ballet, there's the Kingdom of the Shades in the second act, which is like the ghost spirit scene that's in a lot of, of classical ballets. And it's adagio, it's really slow. There are 38 girls on stage in rows and lines and you're on the white and you come down actually a ramp and you're doing these arabesques very slow you hold for six counts and then you step forward um, and so you're there are a lot of factors it's wobbly you can't see because there's mist you all have to be together plus you're coming down a ramp so it's actually <laughs> like you're actually pitched forward you're like I mean and there's there's all of these factors and it is because it's so slow and it's so quiet and this goes on and on and on until all the girls have filed through it weaves on oh, wow. stage and it's one of the most beautiful moments in any ballet but I mean also the most nerve-wracking oh so <laughs> nerve-wracking and you're you know I was still like not fully in the company at that time and it was like you're trying just trying to prove yourself a lot of pressure a lot of pressure and I just remember like every single performance just being like just do not fall down just don't fall because if you fall you're gonna hit another girl and it's gonna domino down <laughs> and just don't stick out you know and you're just like you don't want to stick out that's it you don't want to call attention to yourself because if you do it's probably not a good thing oh boy. yeah just blend in get it <laughs> just blend in. <laughs> exactly. I don't think most roles you would say that just blend in and then and we were doing Stanton Welch's version um who's the artistic director of Houston Ballet and I'm a taller girl I'm five six so I'm kind of I mean I'm, I'm average but I'm definitely taller especially for this company but I always was in the back of the line which is hard in certain ways and easier in certain ways it's really hard if you're in the back for court of ballet because you really have to be it's your job to hold the line so you really have to focus you can't just do what you want you really have to make sure that you are in line with everyone in front of you and so it's challenging in that way well in Stanton's version the shades do their dance with all these arabesques and stuff and then during all of the soloist stuff they do not exit the stage they actually frame the stage but the way he set it up he inverted the line so the tallest girl ends up in the front so then after all this slow stuff was over don't fall down don't fall down then i ended up being the very front girl in the line which meant that i had no one in front of me to watch, right? And I'm so used to having 10 girls in front of me. And the choreography was like each little variation that the soloist did, we had a different port de bras and they were all kind of similar, but like a little bit different. And so it didn't end there. It, then I remember having to be the line leader, which was just so weird. Wow, the pressure never it was, ends on this one. It was, yes, I still have nightmares, I think. I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, but it was great. It was a great learning experience. What about a role that you've never done before that you've dreamed of doing? Oh, well, there are lots of I'm those. I'm sure there are lots. You know, if you had to pick, narrow There down. are lots of those. Um, I know growing up, well, now I just laugh about it because it's, again, I'm just, I'm too tall and, and not, you know, probably don't look young enough, but I always dreamed, I always loved Romeo and Juliet and that was always my favorite ballet I grew up with a 
DVD of uh, Margot Fontaine and Nuryev doing it together, and I, if I was homesick from school, that's what I would watch all day <laughs> on repeat. And I just really love the story, and I love the music, and I just think it's just such beautiful, um, it's just such a beautiful ballet. So I always was like, if I could just pick any role to do, it would definitely be Juliet. Um, and I think I always gravitate to those roles that have a lot more like acting mm -hmm. and, them, emotion. and emotion and um, are a little bit less dry than some of the other um, lead roles. And that's certainly one of them. So yeah, if I could just pick any role, Tracy, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> hint, 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 hint. But um, you know, now, now I'm like, I'm way, way too tall. I look too, I would play Juliet's mother before I'd play Juliet, you know. But um, I do really love that role. And so I love watching it. I love when dancers do it really well. I know, it's such a shame that we didn't get to bring that one to the stage. I know, I'm looking forward to next year. I know, though, so. I know. Especially having the symphony with us, too. That's so right. It's like the best of both worlds. That's right. Um, do you have, do you get nervous before you perform? And if you do, like, how do you channel those nerves? Or what do you do? Any pre-show rituals? Anything? I get really nervous. Like, I am just a person that no matter what, no matter, Nutcracker, I've done Arabian so many years now and so many times, and I could do it blindfolded and upside down, and I know that, but I, it still makes me so nervous. I just get really nervous. And so I think part of it is just, um, like, just you're going to get nervous. You know, and for me, it's just knowing that. Like, there's never... There's never, I don't think there's ever been a performance where I was, where I was not somewhat nervous just because you care about it and you want to mm -hmm. do well, even like the corps de ballet. But um, I think, I don't have, I'm not a super, very superstitious person. So it's never like, oh, I didn't put the right shoe on first before I put the left shoe on. I don't have any rituals as far as that goes. Um, I know that, like, as much as I can just be at the studio early enough or be at the theater early enough to feel like, okay, I did my hair nicely, I did my make. I think that whole routine of doing your makeup, putting your eyelashes on, getting into costume, that that preparation for it and those kind of rituals that you're going to do anyway, but just that those kind of calm you down and they just put you in a place where you can perform and then the other part is I think when we get nervous as dancers we get very um well it's jittery so you you I think every dancer feels like if you're doing a jumping roll or something quick it it helps you almost to be nervous in a lot of ways like an energy almost? yeah but um and that extra push but like any part like Arabian Arabian is so grounded um it has to be like really sensual it has to be really um confident so there's a certain when you get nervous you everything pulls up and pulls in and a lot of ballet you need to be really into the floor actually for and, and feel the floor so I always try and just think about that in the moments before I go on stage that like I'm nervous so just take your time use your plie um and yeah besides that you know, nothing, I don't have any, again, no, no, nothing too exciting. And then I just, 
You just close your eyes and cross your fingers <laughs> and you just say, I'm going to have fun. And yeah. I just have fun. That's I try and tell to myself do. that too all the time now. Just have fun. Especially now because I feel like, okay, this is, I'm here. I'm at the point of my career where if I'm not having fun, why am I doing it right. anymore? So just have fun and enjoy it. And I always do. Once you're out there, you feel so much better. But it's and then you leave the stage and you have that big like, sense of relief. <sighs> exactly. Like, okay, I can breathe again. Moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there a favorite costume that you've ever worn that you can think of? Ooh. That's been the most fun to wear. Oh, or? some costumes are just so much fun to wear. Every dancer loves the costume. Of it's course, like, you know, course. you know, every dancer played dress up when they were little because the costumes. When well, you all have your outrageous really ones, you have your really pretty, pretty ones. Yeah, so it kind of oh varies. goodness. Um, you know, I. Everyone loves a tutu. You never feel more like a ballerina than when you're in a sparkly tiara and pancake tutu. So I think, you know, those you just feel like, wow, I just feel like such a ballerina. And you feel your you best. just feel, yeah, so beautiful. And the stage lights, you know, it's all sparkly. Um, but, you know, like those blue suede shoes costumes were so much fun. If you saw blue suede shoes, they were just, I mean... The pieces and the intricacies. Not a tutu in sight. Not a yeah. no tutus in sight. Lots of lots of padded bras, but no tutus. Um, I'm trying to think what else we have had. Some really stunning costumes for different ballets. Uh, like, um, was it La Fille? La Fille Malgarde. Those costumes were beautiful, and those were from Tracy's old company, I think, in England. They'd owned those at one point, um, and those were just older costumes, but just so stunning, so pretty. I'm, you know. Is there one you've never gotten to wear that you dream of wearing that just looks fun to wear? Um, no. I, none that I can think of in particular, but, you know. As long as it has a good tiara and a good And I a good do tutu, love a good tiara. Set. Yeah, I do. The more bling, the better, as Got far it. as I'm concerned. <laughs> and this is kind of a one-off question, but you yeah. mentioned getting ready and doing your makeup and everything. Uh-huh. Is there any, like, is there, like, a fun fact that you could throw out there about when you guys get ready for a show when you do your makeup. I know it takes a different approach than just your everyday makeup with making sure that you show up on stage. Is there anything like a fun fact that you can give us when it comes to doing makeup? Like, I'm trying to think if we have anything that people would be surprised about. Um, A fun fact. If not, that's okay. I don't know. I just think the whole dressing room atmosphere is really fun. Like, we always have a blast. We decorate our mirrors, we play music, and it's those um, moments like backstage are really fun um, with the girls in the dressing rooms. Um, As far as my makeup goes, I think people would be actually surprised how little, uh, not how little I put on my face, but as far as like the color palette and stuff goes, you know, I have a couple browns that I use for my contour for my eyebrow for my eyes so is it more just exaggerating the it eyes is. and the lips and everything so they show up on it on is eyes? it's about it's a combination of being far away from the audience and a combination of the lights really um they really wash you out so generally like classic stage makeup you're trying to open your eyes exaggerate your features you know, so you're not trying to, um, the winged eyeliner and the big eyelashes, it's all to open you up because the shadows and the highlights of the lights will really close mm-hmm. your face in. Um, so 
Yeah, we had over quarantine when I was teaching at the ballet school, we did, uh, we were trying to be creative about our classes that we were offering online. And so I did a hair and makeup class with some of the girls and it was really fun. We had a blast. I'm sure it was young, really, yeah, it was really fun. And it was funny to see because I was watching them and doing mine and watching them. And it was really funny. I mean, I remember being really bad at my <laughs> really, really bad at it. And it just takes yeah, a lot of practice. There's definitely an art to it with the bun and the hair and yeah makeup and everything exactly yeah where do you find that you get your inspiration from as a dancer do you get that from any one particular source whether it be a mentor or music or um watching other ballets is there anything that inspires you um yes well when I was younger there were a couple specific ballet dancers that really really inspired me um uh, and just, I just, like, like I said, I was lucky enough that I had par- parents that were taking me to see the ballet live very often. Um, and so I had that to look up to. Um, so yeah, there are a couple I can think of in particular that were really inspiring to me. Um, all of my teachers that I grew up with also, um, now that I'm older, like those dancers that I grew up watching, not that they don't still inspire me, it's just been so long since I've seen them. Um, but, you know, in general, like I have to say, like my coworkers, I know that sounds really cheesy, but um, so many dancers here in the company are so much fun to watch in class. And I miss that. And you just feed off each and other. And you feed too. off of each other, and it's a great working atmosphere here. So that is really inspiring. As far as dancing in general, like I said, I think the music always to me is really inspiring. And when we have a pianist like Anthony or someone playing for class, I just notice immediately just the quality of my dancing just changes mm-hmm. completely sure. from a CD. And so that the the music, the live music, the the music for the different ballets, I think, is always, like, for me, the most driving factor um, in terms of just me dancing in general. Well, and two, with almost the reverse, like, now that you've been an instructor for quite a while, and you teach young children here mm-hmm. at the school, and you inspire them <laughs> as you teach know. them, but, I mean, like, they look up Hopefully, to you guys, and, you know, they idolize you guys just like you did, I'm sure, as you were growing up taking dance classes and everything, so yeah. is that interesting for you to kind of, it, like, go from is. being the student in class it to is. teaching? It is, and I have to remember, it, it gives you just a totally different perspective on the whole ballet training thing. Um because when you're going through it as a kid, you, or at least I did, you take it so seriously and everything you're, t- you hang on, like everything your teacher says and, oh, my, didn't, my teacher didn't give me a correction today, so she must not like my dancing anymore, or blah, 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 and you really read into things so much, and you just don't think about, like, your teachers are human, too, and now, right. and so it, it, um, it goes both ways, because now, you know, I have to... There are days, like I said, it's a long day, and there are days I just don't want to be here. And so it's an inspiration in that way, too, to think, like, okay, they are really, you know, you set the tone as a teacher for the class, and they um, they really, what you say is really going to mean so mm-hmm. much more to them than you even right. realize. Um, but it is really fun. And I've been here long enough and teaching in the school long enough that... I've actually seen some of my littles that I teach 
go through almost all the way through the school because I teach the the seven and eight year olds and I teach 14, 15. And I've almost just about gotten to the point where my first set of littles are about to come back to me as a, yeah, and that's a little scary. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't know if that makes me feel old. It makes me feel old. It definitely (laughs) makes me feel old. But, um, that's why I love Nutcracker so much. And I, you know, every dancer, Nutcracker, it's like, you know, and everyone you talk about, oh, I'm a dancer, they're like, oh, I've seen Nutcracker before. And it's just, you know, there are, there are so many better ballets out there. I mean, I hate to say that, but as far as plot goes and, right. you know, music goes, and it's a classic for sure, but I just, as far as the meat of it goes, you could always just be like, oh, if you just could just see Romeo and Juliet, if you could just see Swan Lake, you would really get it. Um, but I do really love Nutcracker and I love it for that reason. It's just like, I remember being a little kid in it and looking up and being in it and looking up at all these professional dancers. Being on and the stage with them. Yeah. And you just are so enamored. And now to look down at these little kids and they see them looking up at you and you just know like how formative it is for them, even if they don't dance. And so it's special. It's special to see the kids move up through it. Um, it's special to see them on stage and their acting and stuff. It's really so pure. Like there's nothing altered about it. It's really sweet. So I, I that's for that reason and for that nostalgia. I do really appreciate Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. Ballet requires so much both mental and physical strength, which I don't think a lot of people realize. And so you have to stay strong not only in the studio, but out. So mm-hmm. that also plays into cross-training and just mm-hmm. taking care of your body and everything. And I know with you being a Pilates instructor, you're very active. You're cross-training a lot. So talk more about what that looks like for you with ballet and Pilates. And um, Well, I mean, there are two aspects to that question because there's a the mental right. and the physical. And honestly, in some ways, the mental is harder, I think, for a lot of dancers, especially when you get to a certain point in your career or a certain age in your training. Um, as far as the mental strength for me, I think the health, the healthiest I ever feel as a dancer and as a person is when I have other things in my life besides ballet, whether that's like other friends that aren't ballet or I'm have something else I'm excited about that's not ballet or, you know, my family, whatever it is, having some sort of another source of happiness or source of energy or somewhere else to put my energy into. I think just because it's a, whether it's your career or it's your passion, if you care about it, it's by nature, it it's so hilly. It fluctuates so much. You could be feeling really great about yourself one day and then really terrible about yourself the next day. And so there's not a lot of, there's not as much regularity to it, I think, as, as a normal person. I hate the word normal, but like as a normal person would have in their job or whatever they did, even the ones that like it and care about it. And that's just the nature of it. And so I think if you can, if you can even, if you can shave off some of the hills and fill in some of the valleys with other things in your life that that can make it so you can step away from it a little bit. I think that's when you can be, and then that translates into the studio also, if you feel happier outside of the studio. But that is really, really tough because you love it and so you take it home with you all the time. 
But the physical stuff, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I do Pilates. <laughs> and they really, it, I mean, it really is very uh, compatible with ballet, which is, I think, why a lot of dancers gravitate towards it. It's a fabulous way of strength training without we're already pounding on our joints all day. So this is a really unique form of exercise because it's a form of strength training, but it's very low impact. And it also just a lot of the things we talk about in ballet about lengthening as we strengthen and um, like using, working from our center, that those are all, it's a lot of the same language as Pilates. But I love Pilates because it's not dance and it's not ballet. And so you get to let go of what you look like, you get to let go of, you know, how high your leg is, or if you're turned out enough, and it's, you get to take all that stuff about ballet, but apply it in more of a um, regular exercise format mm -hmm. without saying, oh, I'm going to a bar class, sure. you know. Um, but it's definitely, like, as far as how I've cross-trained and how I've kept my physical strength up, I mean, that has changed for me a lot as I've gotten older, and I think that's probably true for most ballet dancers. Just, it, your body is just not the same as it was. And people laugh at me all the time because I'm like, oh, I just feel so old and everything hurts, and people are like, you're my, client, my Pilates clients are like, you're 25, you're going to be fine, it's okay, and I'm like, no, but, but it really, I'm like, day. no, but it really, really does, and I, you know, you really, at a, I it was probably like 22, that all of a sudden I was like, ooh, this just, this doesn't feel like it used to when you're little, and you can just mm -hmm. hop out of the car in your tights and leotard and close to fifth position, right. and you don't need bar and you, you know, and now it's like, okay, I need, I need so much more to just feel like the Tin Man, like everything has to be oiled. <laughs> but I, and I, but you know, that's really normal. And so I think your cross training and your approach to physical strength really changes as you uh, mature as a dancer. Mm -hmm. And then that translates in the studio. You know? mm -hmm. I yeah. gotcha. So before we wrap, I'm just curious because I haven't seen you in months. I and we've know, all been in such a I missed you. I know it's situation weird. here with this quarantine. I'm just curious to know how you were affected by quarantine. Like, what, if your routine changed, how you were yes. able to get to normalcy. <laughs> yes. And if you had anything fun that you kind of got hooked on, any shows, books, anything? Lots of Netflix. Um, yeah, I think we were all. <laughs> on Netflix there for a while. It's like the meme that was like, uh -huh. "I finished Netflix. Now what?" <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, the first couple of weeks were not normal <laughs> at all. Um, I really did enjoy the fact that we were able to figure out how to use Zoom. Right. I used it for both teaching at the ballet school and for teaching Pilates, actually. Um, and I'm not a tech person at all, but... <laughs> but was glad to have that resource through all this and to, you know, have Zoom cocktail hours with right, friends. The dancers, course. some of us were doing that every Friday night. We'd get to be able to stay connected. Um, yeah, exactly. And so that really helped. Um, you know, it just, it, it's just a weird, it was just, yeah. it has been a weird year. Um, I had a bar in my living room and I ordered a panel of Marley, so that, you know, I quickly started doing that just to be able to keep something up. My downstairs neighbor probably does not appreciate <laughs> that so much. Um, and, like, same thing with Zoom. There were these worldwide, I have continued to be these worldwide ballet classes, which have been a 
I mean, at least you have to look at the silver lining and say I've gotten to take class from Julie Kent and some amazing people that I would never be taking class right. from right now but are doing this online through Zoom. And it's fun to see the dance community connect in that way. Um, I've watched a lot of TV shows. What did I just finish? Oh, I, I plowed my way through Schitt's Creek. Oh, right there with you. Which, yes. like, I I know that is, like, not that new of a show, so I'm like, but everybody kept saying it was good, and I had I think I'd watched it like one or two episodes a couple years ago, and was like, eh, and I didn't really have time, and so now everyone was talking about it ending, and well, that's the thing too is normally you wouldn't have any time right to do no any time of this. to do any of it. So um, what else did we really like? Oh, I started the um, the second season to Dirty John. Oh. About yeah. Anyway, it's kind of dark, but it is really interesting. So I've watched that. I mean, you know, I'm what sure are, your pets enjoy having you home as well. Yes, I know mine has. Yes, <laughs> the animals are very spoiled, and just like we had an amazing spring. So just getting out, getting going outside. for walks, going for hikes, doing as much of that as I could. But I kind of stepped back. I have to say, like in terms of the ballet, like being able to just step back a little bit and say, like you know what, you got to let that go a little mm. bit. In in terms of you know, I'll do my best to take bar and stay in shape, and but it's not going to be. You can't replicate our ten to yeah, five day exactly. in your apartment. Um, you just can't. And so just saying I'm going to be just okay with this and this is how it's going to be and if that means a fall is a little tough (laughs) fall's going to be a little tough to get back to but I think everyone's in the same boat with that so um having it's hard but having having the the faith to just be like it's going to be okay it's going to be work out and all of a sudden like my turnout is not the biggest of my problems right now. You know, we have a lot more, a lot of other things mm-hmm. to think about and to give us anxiety. Well, hopefully we'll right all now. be back in I the know. studio I sooner so. rather than later. I hope so, I'll too. I'll be excited to see you guys all back. I think we're all ready to be back. Yeah. Well, it'll, sure. make, it'll make being back that much more sweeter, too, right? Yeah, I always like feel like the beginning of the season it always feels like the first like day the of school. school. Yeah, the school year. It's like, oh, what are you going to wear? And, oh, you're going to see everyone and clean your locker. <laughs> right, and, right. Um, now it's not as fun anymore because now I've been here so long. I'm like, when I first got to the company and you go around and you say your name and how, you know, where you're from and how many years you've been here, I was always on the lower end of things and people would say stuff and I'd be like wow they've been there for 10 years that's a long time and now I'm gonna say oh my name's Asha I've been here for seven years it'll be my seventh season like where did You're it go closer to that 10 I sure am I have no idea where it all went You're gonna be that person soon yeah I, that's how I just guess it's like oh I don't like going around and saying my name and age so much anymore right, right. <laughs> not as fun as it used to be I know well Asha thank you so much for joining thank me you for having today. me it was good to catch up learn more about you everyone be sure and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast and you can be notified when a new episode comes out you can also visit our website at alabamaballet.org to get more information about our company until next time thanks for joining us